Lovely. All right, we're recording. I think we're all good. Hi, everyone. How's your days been? Good. Yeah? Wonderful. Um, just as kind of like a, a note, if you see me shaking at all during this talk, it's not because I'm nervous. It's because I just gymmed and I'm struggling to be able to lift my phone right now. So if I'm just doing these ones, you know why. Yeah. It's a spirit. Thanks, guys. All right. Cool. Who was here last week to hear Nathan's talk? Yeah? Who remembers Nathan's talk? Who could give me, if you could sum it up in one key point, what would you say it is? Feelings. Feelings. All right, let's turn that into a sentence. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Lovely. Um, and so I actually haven't heard that talk. I'm sorry, Nathan. Um, I was meaning to catch up with it today at work, but I was doing work today. So, um, yeah, who would have thought? Um, usually I am able to catch them up at work. Um, so, okay, my talk is on um, how to know if I'm, or how to know if you're doing okay with God if you don't feel like it. And so I really want to, I know oftentimes when we talk, things can be very theoretical and very um, almost just somewhere out there and it doesn't really land home. It's not quite like, oh, well, what is that? Like, how does that relate to me? Um, and I'm all about the, the big theological question, so what? Um, if what you hear doesn't um, resonate with you enough to know what, what to do on Monday morning when you go to work or go to school, um, it really hasn't sunk. So I really hope that this gives you kind of a direction of what this actually looks like Monday morning, what it looks like Tuesday after work, what it looks like um, at any time where you can actually apply something to your life um, and not just hear great and true theology. I'm not saying that uh, any of it's wrong, but sometimes we just need to, to hone in. Let's get it real practical. So hopefully I'm going to do that tonight. Um, as always, feel free to interrupt me, um, ask questions. If I say something that you don't disagree with, feel free to ask me. Let's, let's clarify things. Um, I might brush over something. So yeah, so hey, we're here to, to all learn, including myself. And so let's kick it off. Um, so how do you know if you're doing okay with God um, is a really, is a, a question that I feel like a lot of us ask ourselves that, you know, like, let's just say after Monday night, you feel amazing. You had a, a sick time with God. You go home and you feel like you're really doing well with God. And then something happens the next day and you kind of, whether it's just kind of like you, you get that little doubt or feeling where it's like, am I, how well am I actually doing with God? It may not be necessarily like, am I saved or like a, a really, you know, um, a rock bottom moment, but you know, that just little bit of just like, oh, I thought I was doing so much better with God. Man, like last night I was doing so much better with God, but tonight, today it's just like, oh, like that situation, that circumstance, it didn't turn out the way I expected. So does that reflect on my relationship with God? Um, and so um, we're going to break this down to some steps. I've only written step one and then a lot of points under it. So step one um, is the question. Um, so imagine this in a... Um, for a circumstance. So for example, um, you, like you, let's just, what's a really specific circumstance to put this on? Um, as a general one, it'd just be, you did something, not necessarily right or wrong, but the expectation that you thought, like the, the outcome of the situation was very different than what you thought it would be. Um, this is something, for example, this is where I would sit, um, if you had it, like, let's just say you broke up in a relationship 
Um, not always will relationships break up because of one person was unfaithful or, you know, huge sin issues, if you understand what I mean. Like sometimes there's just, there's little things and something bad results or seemingly bad results in the relationship splitting. Um, but like who's to blame? Is there blame? Is there fault? You look at, um, the situation after you, you know, does this reflect on how I was with God? Does this reflect on... You know, um, you know, when we were together, you know, I thought I was doing really good and now we broke up. Does this mean that, you know, I wasn't actually doing so well with God? And you actually bring a circumstance and you kind of uh, cause it to reflect back on um, your views of how you see God. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Welcome, guys. Wrong phone. Um, so um, so the first the first step is. To, to think to see your situation or your circumstance and say or to ask yourself the question um, did you do what you believe to be right in the situation and I think this is a really good one to, to ask but you have to ask this with the Bible and truth in mind um, because it's really easy to answer it from a worldly perspective of I was defending myself it was you know I did what I deemed to be right because it was about me I was like and, and make it very much about me and not have truth in it um, so Man, like we were talking about what Nathan's been talking about so long and what we've um, just heard for those who've been in worship night, you know, it's, and those you've been in church, if you've been a Christian, hopefully you've been reading the Bible and actually um, understanding and getting truth into you where you can see and, and look at a situation and be like, man, like was, was I loving? Were the fruits of the Spirit evident in, in my actions? Was I trying my best um, to be patient and to persevere and to, Kayla, lovely to see you. Um, Forever you'll be known as coming late. You're on the recording now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, and so biblically looking at it, how did you actually... Um, what was the question? Yeah, did you... Did you sorry. Um, did you do what you believe to be right? Um, biblically, based on as your, your revelation of God currently, what you know in the Bible to be true, um, did you do what was right? And I think sometimes we can get in this place where we assume that because I'm not all-knowing or because, you know, I haven't studied the Bible my entire life that I, I could have done something wrong, but I don't know what it was. Like, maybe I did something that wasn't, that was it's sinful, but I'm not aware of it. Like, that there's, um, do you kind of understand that, what I'm saying? Like, it's not evident, like, you did this wrong, therefore this happened, but it's like the kind of feeling you get where it's just like, you know, maybe I actually did something wrong, but I have no idea what I did. Makes sense. Um, sorry, we're jumping into our first passage, <laughs> um, which is, um, I mean, we're going to be jumping around a little bit. Um, we'll get to the main passage soon, which will kind of underpin all of this. But 1 Corinthians, um, we're in Corinthians a lot tonight, Jay. Yeah. Um, so 1 Corinthians 4, I think it is. Um, let's just start from verse 1. Uh, and so this is how... This is Paul speaking. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of servants that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I'm not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time before the Lord comes, who will bring light to, who will bring to light the things that are now hidden in, in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. 
then each one will receive his condemnation. Oh, sorry, not condemnation from God. His <laughs> commendation from God. I was, actually, I was actually thinking about this in my head before, and I said that exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Commendation. The things you get from school for doing well in swimming carnivals. Um, yeah, so Paul, ver- like he says, um, why did I close that? I'm going to keep it open. Um, he says, I do not judge myself. Um, I'm going to read that line again. Um, in fact, I do not even judge myself, for I'm not aware of anything against myself. Um, and so we can, especially when like, people talk about this living sin-free and that kind of thing, um, we, Paul says, I'm living in a place where I can look at myself and self-reflect and actually see I'm not lacking in any area. And then he says after, but I'm not thereby acquitted. So you're not acquitted by looking at yourself and making a judgment. God's the one who acquits um, someone. He's the one who says whether you're walking in right or wrong. And so in this instance, it's if you can't see an area that you did something wrong in, it's best to actually step back and say, you know, I'm not going to pronounce judgment on myself. I'm going to actually just say, hey, God, look, if there's something that needs to be revealed, like I actually did something wrong and I'm not aware of it, reveal it to me because it is God whose light actually reveals all darkness and anything hidden. Um, But until that day comes, I'm not preemptively judging myself that that may come up. Does that make sense? Um, If you've ever been to court or anything like that, you like there's evidence. You need an actual physical crime to end up in court. Um, There's a judicial procedure. There's all this stuff. People don't go to court, take someone to court because they may have done something. Or it's just like this kind of like, you know what, something bad happened and I don't know if they're to blame, but let's just put them through the procedure anyway, just in case. And you know, three months later in court, we'll find out if they're guilty or not. Like that's not the way that we envision, like sometimes that actually happens, but it's not the way that we envision like justice. Like someone does a crime, they're judged for it. If we can't actually, like let's not judge ourselves if there's nothing to judge, if that makes sense. Like, let's not put blame on anything if there's no blame to be put on. Um, so it leads me to my first kind of thing. So the question was, um, did you do what you believe to be right in this situation? And um, the first thing is you have to be honest with yourself. Um, and the reason why you have to be honest with yourself um, is because if you're dishonest, I'll get to what happens if you're dishonest with yourself in this whole thing, but you'll never really know. Like if you just brush over things that are issues in your life that you know you're, that you would prefer to have their um, desires that you know you actually are all about yourself or part of you is about yourself in certain areas and you um, enjoy. I shouldn't be making up these analogies on the spot. <laughs> I wrote all the important stuff down, but now I'm just going crazy with analogies. Um, where was I as well? Where was I? Could someone please tell me? Was anyone listening? <laughs> That's the question. Was I making any sense? You need to be honest with yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you yeah, you just really need to be honest with yourself when you're, you're reflecting on yourself. Um, and so the first thing is, if you answer this question, um, did you do what you believe to be right in this situation? And the answer is no. Um, and you actually did something wrong. It's a real simple solution. Uh, you repent and move forwards. Um, if you actually realize that, you know what, um, it's your fault that something happened or you wronged someone, it's really simple. Repent. Go, it's like apologize to God, apologize to the person that you wronged. It's really simple. And then it's about moving forward. Um, 2 Corinthians 7.10 is our next passage. 
Alright, we'll start actually with verse 9. Cool. Um, Paul says, As it is, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were uh, grieved into repenting. For you felt godly grief, and so you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. I want to separate that the feeling like feeling bad about what you've done is okay. It's what happens just after that that will decide whether it leads to death or leads to life. Um, that if you wrong someone, it's okay to actually feel bad that you wrong someone. It's not this, you know, um, yeah, like you, you actually can. It's not a, a bad thing to be like, dude, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but the thing that stands out about godly grief, because it, one, it produces repentance. So it actually produces it, that feeling should lead you to be like, I actually don't want to do that again. That, oh, I've wronged this person. It's not like a, a self-pity where it's just like, oh, I'm stuck. I can't do anything about it. I'm going to keep going on this way or something like that. Or it's because of trying to pass the blame onto something else because of circumstances that led me to do this. It's you take responsibility for what you've done um, and you repent. Um, Nathan defined, you know, um, said it was changing the way you think. And so essentially it has to start thinking. A lot of people start with actions. They repent with, I have to change my actions, but you can't change your actions until you change the heart and your mind. Because out of the, the overflow of your heart, you know, your mouth speaks, your body moves, everything else. Um, so you have to start from the beginning, which is your heart, your mind, you change the way you think, and then your actions will follow suit. Make sense? Um, so it leads to repentance. That leads to salvation uh, without regret. And so actually, when you've done something wrong, that it shouldn't leave you to regret it forever. Like there's the initial, I really shouldn't have done that. And there's a realization of that. And it's whether you go up to someone and be like, dude, like I really shouldn't have treated you like that. That was wrong of me to do that. Like I wish I didn't do it. Then after that point, once you've actually apologized, you have to move on from it. Um, the thing about godly grief is it doesn't lead to sh condemnation, guilt, shame, and this kind of spiral of death. It has to end. Once you've apologized before God and you've repented, it has to end. And so um, if you've done something wrong in a situation that, you, yeah, exactly, like you just, you apologize and it ends, you don't have regrets about it further than that point. Because otherwise, worldly grief produces death. Um, and oftentimes you see this in, um, it can be just self-denial, denying the situation ever happened. And like if it's a relationship or something, it never actually, it's fractured and it stays fractured because one person just holds on to pride and one person holds on to, oh, you know, well, you know, I did that wrong, but it was because of these three people that are making me annoyed today and they should understand that I was annoyed and they should have, and they pass the blame and this, it's, it, it, there's no life to it. It doesn't actually bring life. And so when, if you ever get in a, if you ever get in a situation, chances are you might get into a situation where you wrong someone um, unknowingly or knowingly. And it's about, you know what, taking responsibility for your actions, apologizing, moving forwards. And that looks like laying down your pride. That looks like laying down, which should have been laid down anyway. Um, but if it, if it wasn't laid down enough, lay it down. Like everything that, that says, I was right in the scenario, actually put it down. Um, I, there's been multiple times in my life where um, I've apologized for things that have, that were really the other, mostly another person's fault. And I reacted because of the way they reacted. And it's completely my fault the way I reacted. Like we take responsibilities for our emotions as well. That it's like someone else doesn't cause us to react in a way that we actually, they're our emotions or they're my emotions, they're your emotions. And 
the way you react is your responsibility too. And you know, if you if someone wronged you and you yelled at them back or anything, it's just, you know what, hey, I wasn't like Jesus. Like, because Jesus, I don't feel, was going to yell back at them and get into this emotional argument. Um, I'm not saying tone of voice is an issue, but it's the heart behind it. It's, it's this, you know, you're trying to defend yourself and you're trying to, all these things, you're frustrated. Man, it's just like, if you've ever tried to live with Justin Alley, you know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> it's frustrating to say the least. I have a, a bucket full of dry clothes and a bucket full of wet clothes. Real simple in the back of my car. Justin takes off his swimmers, places them in my dry clothes, soaks all of them. And he goes, dude, I didn't know. It's like tree of, you know, life, tree of death. Like real, real simple. And it's just like, I was just like, he's dead. He's, but I had to take him home, so he wasn't. Um, and it was just like, as soon as I sat in my car, I was just like, I can't think like that. It's my, the way I react, regardless of how, like, did he know? Who knows? Like, but it doesn't, <laughs> wasn't, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> the way I reacted is completely my responsibility. Um, and I can rebuke someone in love and be like, hey, Justin, look, clearly, you know, choose life next time. Um, <laughs> or I can blow up and it doesn't produce life. And it's actually still my fault that I reacted that way. This making sense? Cool. Any questions thus far? I feel like I have been all over the place, which is the exact same thing I didn't want to do. So, wonderful. Can you hear me, Mom? No. <laughs> I'll speak louder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, awesome. So let's move on from no. So you get if if you come across a situation and you've done something wrong, apologize, repent, don't feel guilt and shame, do your best to, to make peace in the relationship or whatever circumstance it might be. So um, if the answer is yes, and you've actually, you look at the situation, you've done all you can do, um, what do you do then? Um, and so let's turn to 1 John, which is like the, if there was a passage of the evening, it would be this. <clears throat> and it's 1 John 3, we'll start at verse 16. Let's read. So it's about 16 to about 21, let's just say. Um, and so by this, we know love that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and He knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. And this is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded. Awesome. <clears throat> so, um, 
starting off, it tells us to do something. Um, or it gives us the model. It gives us the model of Jesus, verse 16, man. Like, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Then it gives us a responsibility. Now that Jesus did this for you, you should actually walk like him. You should model Christ in this. And that, what does that look like? Laying down your life for a brother. And then it gives you a real practical example. If you see someone in need, don't walk by them and say, bless you, be at peace, and keep walking. That you actually, if you have the ability to help them, help them. It's real simple. Um, sometimes we get caught up where it's just like, we, like spiritual gifts are amazing, but like we stop it sometimes at spiritual gifts. Like, hey, I prayed for that person. That was awesome. And it's like, yes, it was awesome, but they're still starving. Like, it's this kind of thing. It's like, if you have the ability to give them food as well, do it. If you have ability to be someone's friend, do it. Like, it's this kind of thing that it's, it's more than just uh, a one-time pass-by kind of thing. I'm not saying that, you know, if you only have 10 seconds with someone, you only have 10 seconds with someone. But if you have, you know, they've been going to church your entire life and you've mentioned one word to them and prayed for them once, you're like, tick, that person's done. I'll move on to the next person and spend the next two years and never speak to them again. It's like this kind of like, yeah. Um, Lay down our lives for our brothers. Um, so, wonderful verse 18. It says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Okay, this is where it gets cool. Um, so this is the whole, I check my life and I think I've done everything right. As far as I'm aware of, man, I've done everything right in a situation and it just doesn't, it didn't pan out the way it did. Or even, even if I did, how many people have like prayed for someone and you walk away and you feel like, oh, like I did something wrong. Like, like it, that should have ended differently. Or like you just kind of you just feel bad about something even if it really was right. And like you check your motives, man, it wasn't self-seeking, man. Like you actually just wanted to love them and pray for them and you just actually ended up feeling a bit off. Yeah, cool. I'm not alone. Wonderful. <laughs> um, it says, by this we shall know that we're of truth and reassure our hearts before him. So the word heart is actually, um, it's a similar word used for soul. And it's like, it can also mean emotions and feelings. Um, so it's talking about, by this, we know that we are of the truth and reassure our emotions and feelings before God. Um, for whenever our emotions condemn us, God is greater than our emotions and he knows everything. Making sense? So in this, this is especially a time where you know you've done everything right and everything feels contrary. Man, you've got to, you come back to truth. And what's the truth? That God is greater than what you're feeling right now. And the truth is that you check your, your life have we got to there yet? Yeah, um, let's read two more verses, then I'll get to that point. Um, Beloved, if our hearts... Oh, sorry, for God is greater in our heart and He knows everything. Beloved, if, we, if our heart or emotions don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask for, we receive because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. It's like, the first check is like, have we done His commandments? What was the commandment? Um, walk in... Uh, let us not just love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. So, what, so we're loving in action and in truth. It's like, can we tick those off? Yep. Awesome. So if our feelings say otherwise, when we've done those two things in any situation, then we just, we resort, Hey God, I'm giving this to you, man. God, I don't feel like, um, I've done the right thing in this, but I know that I've walked by word and truth and there's something that I missed. I know you revealed to me, but right now that I'm going to praise you and you actually just walk in, in truth in that point, because God is greater than our hearts. And it gives you a really cool thing because when our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. How many people you feel bad and you're like, oh, and your prayer life, you, you know, you don't want to talk to God. You don't want to worship. You don't, everything shuts down. And it's not because, <clears throat> Ooh, let me get some water. 
And so uh, when it says, beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. It's not saying that like, oh, when nothing condemns you, then you can have confidence before God. But it's when we actually realize that it's like, hang on, we haven't done anything wrong. Like we have confidence before God. We can push through and actually look at truth and not focus on this thing around us, this feeling that's coming upon us that isn't from God, that isn't right. It's not producing conviction. It's just leading to death. Um, if you ever wondered the difference between conviction and condemnation, someone explained it to me like this. Uh, conviction is specific. Um, hey, you did this wrong. Like you sinned in this area. You lied to that person. You did this. Um, and it's for the purpose of repentance that you realize it and go, I'm not doing that again. If I realized what I was doing at the time, I never would have done it. And then you repent before God, you apologize and bam, you keep going hard. Con uh, condemnation is vague. It is very vague. It is, you have a feeling that something was wrong. You don't know what it was, but you feel really bad. <laughs> and you just don't, and because why would the Holy Spirit wow. convict you of something vague? Why would he say, hey, you did something wrong? I'm not telling you though. You can just, <laughs> you can sit in it for like a week or two and then I'll let you know. Like, it's just, it's the Holy Spirit. He said he'll convict the world concerning righteousness, concerning sin, concerning judgment. He's going to actually tell the world all these things. He's not going to tell the world, you did wrong. And then like wait like 200 years and be like, but you can be saved. Like, it's, it's this kind of thing where it's like, the Holy Spirit is, he's going to be specific in your life. And also condemnation will try to jump onto conviction as well sometimes. And where it's a conviction, you know what's right. And you, so you, and you did what's wrong. You know what uh, you did was wrong. And then you've repented, that ended. And then the feeling jumps on. Like conviction, then hi, uh, sorry, condemnation hijacks and is like, but are you really forgiven? <laughs> uh, and then just brings this feeling back. But it's no pinpoint. It's not because you did two things wrong and you only repented for one. It's because you said you were sorry. It's, it's over. God says, as far as the east is the west, so far as I've removed uh, your sin from you. Um, and it's just like, but really? It's, this, it's the, the addition. It's the, there's nothing I can, like, did I repent? Was I sorry enough? It's kind of, there's, it's vague. It's not God highlighting something else you need to, like, repent of. It's just, did I, am I forgiven? Am I this? And it's just questioning. It's not actually producing life. It's not pushing you to Jesus. And so... Get rid of it. If it's producing shame, guilt, and death, do the math. Um, it's not something you want in your life. Can I just ask you something? Dude. Um, back on what you were saying before about um, God is greater than, like, mm. than, like going back to that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like I've had an example of that in my life where I <coughs> felt um, like I had a prophetic word for someone when and shared it, prayed it over them. Um, they, I, I mean, they obviously heard what I said and prayed, and then but afterwards, slash somewhat during, I was like, oh, this, nah, this isn't right. Like, this is kind of wrong. I don't think that this is going to land. To the point where, like, afterwards, I was like, literally like, okay, well, when, when things finish up, I'll go off and I'll, I'll chat to them and say, like, look, I really don't think what I said was right. Like, I was going to, like, tumble myself before them. But they beat me to that and they actually came up and said like everything that I said was right mm. and like landed perfectly. Is that like what you're saying? Yeah, 100%. Um, like, I just don't know. Seriously. Like, is there times when like, because what if you do get that feeling and it is wrong and it's like, well, God's greater than this and then you kind of just like pray for someone something that you maybe shouldn't have done. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but is praying ever wrong? No. I, well, 
that's the so thing. So, yeah. in this specific realm of prophecy, I think it's different than just going up to someone and say, hey, Jesus loves you. Um, so two things I was, or at least one thing I was taught um, when giving a prophetic word to someone is one, be, um, don't ne like just say, hey, like this is what I saw, this is what I felt, like does it mean something to you? Yeah. And actually, so it's, it's not, dude, this is what it, the word of the Lord says over your life and you're not speaking over them in a sense that it's like controlling. That's just like, hey, this is just what I'm just, I saw, it's in your court. You 100% have the ability to reject it and you 100% have the ability to accept it. It's in their court now. Um, and so it's not speaking in a way that they feel like it has to happen. Um, and it's very different if it's like from the word prophecy, like, dude, I just, you know, Isaiah 28 was just really on my heart for you and just sharing something like that. Or if it's like, um, you're going to marry this person. Like, like they're just, they're two very different um, things. And the other thing is, um, there's a difference between a false prophet and a wrong prophet. Um, a false prophet, it's not about whether the prophecy was right or wrong, it's about their heart and their motive. A wrong prophet is you just gave a word wrong, but your heart's in the right place. Um, there's plenty of examples of that in the Bible. People giving wrong words or half words or things that, you know, they just didn't quite come to pass. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, like just being able to apologize. They're like, dude, that wasn't it at all. And you're like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm still learning and growing or realizing after um, that, you know what, what I said, what I prophesied over this nation didn't actually come to pass. And I'm going to apologize for that because I thought I heard God and I was clearly wrong. And just being able to apologize for it. Um, I think those two things specifically in prophecy are really handy. But yeah, it's exactly that, that feeling that it's like, this is wrong to do it is like, once it's, just, it's a simple check your heart. Man, am I trying to love this person? Yes. Does, then does it matter if it's wrong or not? No. God give them wisdom to like, it's just like pray that they reject it then. Or like, it just, it's really similar. It's just like God, like they give them discernment to see if it's right or wrong. Um, I'm just walking in truth and love to the best that I know how. And that's real big. I think we can only walk to the best that we actually know how. Um, dude, it's like, God doesn't expect us to, you know, all the prophecy that Jesus walked in, that it's just like, we all have the ability and the capability because we've been given the gift, but it's like we actually walk in growing gifts and we seek earnestly after gifts. And so it's like, man, for the person who sees, like not that healing is about success rates, but let's just say they see 5% of people healed. It doesn't mean that it wasn't the will of God for them to heal. It's that, you know what? Grow in it. Like pursue Jesus more, pursue your heart, seek God um, and keep going. And it's like that you see more in your life. <clears throat> exact same thing with prophecy. Whether if you got a, a word that was wrong for someone, it's like, well, God, I was wrong, I'm sorry. But man, I was walking in truth and love, so I actually find no fault in myself because my motives were good. I just was like, I just needed to know your voice better. Yeah. And so that still produces life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, Sweet. Yeah, awesome. Any other questions while I take a swig of water? That's awesome. Tony, a real A-grade father, am I right? <laughs> You've done well. <laughs> Mm. <coughs> can't the devil pick moments like that to put doubt in your 
Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. You know, so that's even a greater reason why we just have to face. Totally. You know, when that happens and we're looking ahead, we look ahead to Jesus. Yeah. He's going to try, especially if we've probably got something really right that we actually said to that person. Mm. He's going to do everything he can to stop you from doing it again. Yeah, I'm just going to let's flip to James. Thanks for bringing up doubt, because um, that's really awesome. Um, James one. Um, I'm not trying to take this out of context. I understand the context of the passage. But James 1, um, when it says, where is it when it, oh yeah, here we are. Um, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without approach, without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Um, I just want that point there. It's like, though this is specifically talking about wisdom, if you look through the Bible, it doesn't really complement doubting. It doesn't really say, there are certain, certain situations that it's okay to doubt. Um, it just tells you what to actually put your faith in. So you don't have to doubt ever. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really just like, man, doubt and stuff creeping in, trying to question your motives, trying to question your actions. But it's just like, man, the Holy Spirit... I so trust in my own life that he's going to catch me up on something. Man, if I do something wrong and um, am really about me and not like God, he's going to catch me up on it. He's done it so many times already, even when I just don't realize it. Like for a good example, um, we used to have a tradition at, at work. Um, we used to get Mexican Guzman and Gomez every Friday. Um, we realized that that tradition was of the devil really soon. <laughs> just made you feel sick every time. Um, but meanwhile, while we were midway through, Crow's Nest GYG's a little bit. Oh, this is on recording. I'm sorry, guys. If you, if you work at Crow's Nest GYG, repent and make better food. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, we'll see who listens to that one. We can edit this out. <laughs> Just beep, beep the, the name. Um, but anyway, so I, was, I went to get um, Mexican, and so I went down, got everyone's orders, and I was like, you know what? This is going to be a great idea to evangelize. I'm just going to buy everyone Mexican for lunch. And so there I went, spent like 80 bucks on, on food for the office, brought it back. And I was like, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna walk in the office, I'm gonna put the food down, I'm gonna hand everyone out their burrito bowls. Um, and they're gonna be like, oh, hey, can I pay for it? And I'll be like, no, this is Jesus Mexican. Nobody pays for Jesus Mexican. <laughs> and henceforth share the gospel. So this is what actually happened. I walked in the office, placed the uh, bag of food down, everyone took it, everyone said thanks and went off and ate. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, guys, are you going to try to pay? Gonna Not even Justin offered to pay. He was, and he's saved, apparently. <laughs> and it was just like, it was just so funny and so ironic that it was just like, you know, like I actually had a, a motive in it. And even though the motive was good, it was just like, it's, it wasn't the motive of love. It was the motive that I was going to get something. Like I was going to be able to share something because of this. And it wasn't just, I'm just going to love you unconditionally. And it wasn't a sinful motive necessarily in the slightest, but it was just like, God just pulled me up on it. He's just like, like, you know, be natural. It's okay. <laughs> like, you don't need to plan this. Things just come. Um, and so three weeks later, someone realized they forgot to pay and tried to pay for it. And I was able to tell them Jesus loves them and, and went on. It was just like, it was really funny because then God reminded me, he's just like, just let, just chill seeds. Like everything doesn't have to be literally the words it's just like you know like my action can only be a good action if it contains me preaching the gospel with it or like we can just love like in this passage um when it says uh, but if anyone has the world's goods 
It's not even God's goods. It's like, if you have money, just give the poor guy money. Like, it's not even saying, hey, pray for the poor guy. Hey, preach the gospel to the poor guy. It's like, give him money. Give the guy food. Give him a blanket. Like, if you have the world's goods, he assumes, one, that we all have the kingdom's goods. But also, it just is like, just do something practical. Like, we get too spiritual sometimes. And I'm not saying ignore the spiritual gifts, but it's like the simple act of giving someone a blanket or like, I don't know what your equivalent Northern Beaches thing is. Giving someone your squilt. Um, <laughs> your surf, your post-surf quilt. Um, <laughs> who's looking cold. Um, but it's like, it is actually physical demonstrations that really open people's hearts. Um, rather than just, you know, throwing things on hard soil, which it's, it's just all encompassing. Man, we preach the kingdom. We also give to the poor and needy. Make sense? Um, awesome. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> It says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. Um, now that we're, when something, so when we do something that's right and thoughts come in that actually are like, you know, this is, you did wrong, you did this, you did that, that we actually, we turn that to God. Bill Johnson, um, he gave this uh, awesome way that he deals with feelings. Um, and at first I was like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, this is profound. Um, as, as most Bill things are. Um, he just said, so uh, like, if I'm feeling something, I'll go to God and tell him how I feel. I'm like, God, I feel like you've let me down. God, I feel like you've, you've done this. I feel like you, you aren't with me. I feel like you aren't for me. And then as soon as he's finished speaking everything he's feeling, he will then turn to truth and he say, but I know that you are with me, but I know that you are this, but I know you are this and actually speak reality over his feelings. He's not, it's, it's not this thing that we cover up feelings. Like, nope, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that. Like, what's the feeling? Nope. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's not this weird thing that we have to, to hide feelings from one another. It's like, did you feel bad today? It's no, I never, I never feel bad. I'm saved. Hallelujah. Like, it's like, we don't have to live in this kind of like, we can be honest with one another. Like, we can be honest, like, hey, dude, I was feeling really terrible today, but it's like, man, God's word says I don't have to feel this. God says he's better. And it's just like, and you praise and worship, and you actually, when you reveal, when you give light to what you're feeling inside, that's when you get freedom. You don't get freedom by bottling up what you're feeling inside. And something that, um, I'm going to embarrass you, Lois. Um, I'll talk quietly so you can't hear me. <laughs> um, so she is told me, like, like um, she was just going through some heavy stuff many years ago, and it was just one of those things that God that she brought it before God and God's like, all right, every morning, just keep bringing it to me. And she was like, okay. And so every day she would bring, she'd be like, God, this is how I'm still feeling. And he's like, yep, awesome. Do it again tomorrow. And she's like, I'm still feeling like this God. And she just would pour it out every day what she was feeling to God. And one day God was like, all right, you're done. Awesome. It's all out. Like you've got it all out. And it's like, some of us need time to actually get everything we're feeling out before God. And it doesn't necessarily, isn't this like, single quick oh i've said sorry once and i'm like we are completely changed we are completely new creations that's a hundred percent but it's like oftentimes we carry so much baggage that we need like that though we can drop it all at once and run to jesus free some of us often just we don't and some and we then feel condemned that we didn't and we feel like we did wrong because you know i went and got prayer for that, but you know, the, the voices still came back and, and I still gave back into them. And was I ever free or was I ever... just bring it before God again and again and again and again. And every time you pick up your heavy load again, God says, Shh, just put it down again. Take mine. And when you pick it back, Shh, just put it down. Take up mine. He's, he's walking you through this. 
He's really walking you through life. And a lot of us, I feel, have been carrying problems that we feel are too big for us to handle and are also that we feel that are too big to share with one another, that we feel like we'll be less spiritual or less of a Christian than the people around us because we've carried these heavy problems or we carry the way we feel. And even if it's simple, like, man, it's like an identity crisis that we actually keep and it's just inside us and we can't, we can't seem to get rid of it. And so we bottle it inside because, you know what, I got... Iggy to pray for me last week and you know I should be completely changed now but I still feel the same way dude it's like it's, like, it's okay to to take time like man it's okay like I just want really just want to say God just says like it's okay and the key is being honest the key is really being honest and because when we're honest and when we actually can can step past our feelings and into truth that's when we actually have confidence to ask for anything and he said God said he'll give it to you because you keep his commandments if you won't keep his commandments, he's not going to give it to you. And you go through the process again, you repent, and then you go and you keep his commandments. And his commandments, love, walk in love. It's a real simple one. So walk in love. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, we're in 1 Corinthians 3. We'll start at verse 10. Um, who enjoys, like not that there's really obscure parts of the Bible, but like just parts of the Bible that you don't hear every Sunday. I just feel like, it's like, why isn't this preached? Why isn't the next page? But like, really, it's just like, everything is really good. And so I encourage you, if you only hear 10 passages spoken over and over at your church, just delve into this yourself <laughs> because there's a lot of good stuff. On Beach Mission, I was like sizing my Bible up being like, if I eat this now, will I get the word in me quicker? Yeah. Because it's like, it takes too long to read. <laughs> Took a bite. Didn't work. <laughs> um, read it. <laughs> and metaphorically eat it. 
Um, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 10, and Paul, this is Paul writing, says, According to the grace God's given me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. So this is talking about what the, the building metaphor is your life. Um, and so the gospel was laid at the start of your life, the foundation of Christ, and now things are built upon it. All right, clarification. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will, uh, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built upon the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only through fire. Um, what is actually built upon your... So you imagine this building, this is your life. And what's built upon it is your responsibility. Um, and so the first thing, if you're not honest about what's, what's actually going on, and you're cutting corners, trying to appear to be something that you're not, your building's not going to be structurally sound. It's going to collapse. And the day of testing, everything that you built and thought was the, the prerequisites for an amazing Christian life is going to crumble. And only the things that actually were built of integrity, character, truth, and love will stand. And so you actually have this... This thing where it's like, if you, if you I feel like um, for some people, you've tried your best to, to live like a Christian. Like you tried, your, not like a Christian, like you've tried your absolute best to follow Jesus. And that it's been really difficult and really hard. And so you feel like you need to try something else. And so you've, um, you've looked at like, let's just say, man, it's like people are like uh, leading youth group, man. Like that's the, the way to, to get, you know, really close to Jesus because you're giving up your time or serving at church or doing this or kind of getting like almost positions. Like once you've got this, then maybe life will be better because the life I'm living now just as a Christian doesn't feel like it's everything's cut out to be. It's really hard. And so maybe there's something else. Does this kind of make sense? Yeah. Um, man, like the day of te- like we, like I've seen churches, you know, you've heard of pastors that everything they built just crumbles down around them. That's like their ministry, their amazing ministry that they found actually gets revealed one day that, um, you know, what they were, like cheating on their wives. They were doing this. There's all these things behind the scenes going on because they just tried to fix this issue that was going on in their life with a position or with something else and not actually taking the time to build upon their foundation or alternatively um, pass blame onto someone else because it's like, man, I just go to church. It's the pastor's responsibility to build in my life. It's my mentor's responsibility to, to lay this amazing building for God. And it's like, you're the one who's going to build upon your own foundation. People can offer you resources and materials, whether good or bad, depending on who you're listening to. But it's you're the one who's actually going to build upon your own life. And there will be a day that comes that everything that you've built will be tested. And so trials will come and what you built will either stand and you will receive a reward for what you've built, that it will stand firm in faith in Christ. That it's like in James 1 where it says trials produce produce steadfastness and steadfastness produces Perfect, yeah, uh, perfect faith, something like that. Um, let's get it up because I don't want to misquote scripture. James 1. Um, is it James 1? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, Count it great joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith, there we go, produces steadfastness, and that steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so that word steadfastness, when it's talking about faith, it's not talking about faith being like a quantity. Like when you've got 100 units of faith, you can stand the storm. It's like, if you maintain perspective at all times in this truth and walking in truth and love, 
and then once that produces steadfastness, you're going to get tested again because it has to produce more steadfastness and it's going to keep going. So it's like one trial does not perfect your faith, man. Like a lifetime of being tested and trialed and walking clean in faith, man, it says, yeah. Once your steadfastness comes to full effect, man, like once your trials just, they're bouncing off you, man. Like they just keep coming and they're hard trials, but man, you're walking through with integrity, with love, with keen eyes fixed on Jesus at all times kind of thing. Like they're not phasing you because you've got a, a heavenly kingdom. Like if you read um, 2 Corinthians 4, it talks about we're vessels, we're like vessels broken. Sorry, we're like broken vessels. We're like jars of clay that are cracked. And it's really funny because I feel like as a society, we've twisted this around on its head and called it okay. And so it's talking about, it's talking about, man, like we are persecuted on every side, but we have never been more alive. Like we're at the point of death, but man, we're living strong. We are um, hungry, but we are just so full of Christ. We are like all these things like inside, we're doing amazing, but outside, like we're really on the point of death right now. Like, and we've really done this and flipped it on its head as a church and been like, man, we are hungry, but we are like, sorry, we are well fed, but we are so hungry for God. Like we are outside doing amazingly well, but inside we are rotting away. Like, man, like we have everything we could ever want and we're so depressed. And we're like, it's okay. Trials, we talked about trials, you know? And it's like, that's not the trials the Bible's talking about. The trials that comes is the, it, it produces, because your faith is there. And it, it, the trials are coming against you, but your faith is steadfast in all things. Again and again. And so this is the, like, I believe the same trial that's coming. And it, it will prove whether what you built is legit or will crumble. And it, it, this isn't a salvation issue. This is because you have the foundation that's God. And so the day when trial comes and maybe things have come against you and actually, man, like what you've built is just fallen down because it wasn't structurally sound. I know in my life, many things that I've built up thinking that it was a good idea have crumpled to the ground and I've had just to start again or start halfway or realize that God has to actually take you back to the point where it's truth, whether he has to lay down everything that you've built up in your life to show you, no, the foundation's Jesus, remember? So you can build upon it again and actually, oh no, faith, man, I need to walk in faith. I've been doing all these things just thinking that this is going to make me right with God or that God will love me if I do this. And those are all the things I built upon my foundation and God just has to go and knock it all down. So you can actually reveals that, man, like this is the foundation. It says, um, for the one, uh, if, anyone is, if anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss. Man, it's like, it, it sucks to, for God to lay waste to what you think was good and stuff um but he himself will be saved so it's not talking about salvation it's talking about man if you mess up your life you're going to hell it's just like sometimes we honestly like we think we're doing the right thing we just we aren't walking in in truth and love and so what we build isn't right and what we build is twisted and god often just has to knock it down to get us to start again from from a place of truth and a place of love and so firstly this has happened to you um once like like it's not something that you need to Man, like I remember the last time I tried to do good or tried to do this and, and everything that I thought I was doing well was broken down and now you have hurt and pain because of all the things you went through and stuff. And it's just like, no, like you need to press on to truth and steadfastness in faith. Like if everything that you, like if your whole life has seemed to crumble down to the ground, at least you have the foundation of Christ. That is the important thing that your foundation is Jesus. And man, it doesn't matter how many times everything you build gets knocked down. You can build again on Jesus in truth and faith. Like it's, that's exactly what you need to do. It's like, I know a lot of you guys' stories and a lot of you was like that. It's just like what you're building was a really bad idea. And like, it really just had to, everything come down, man. Friends had to leave. Um, lives had to change. Habits had to go. Um, like it's this kind of thing that it's like, it's not okay to just be like, 
like we can build a Jesus wing on top of like the, what I've already built and he can have like rooms four to seven. Like, and that can be, hey, Jesus, you're in there, remember? And it's just like, it's not going to stand. It's not structured. It's the, the same story of the, the guy who built um, a house on the sand and a house on the rock. It's like, what are you building? Like, if you use the three little pigs, like, is it bricks or is it straw? Like, when the wolf comes to blow, like, are you just going to, everything that happens just blows down and you realize, oh, that was a waste of time. Like, and then you're running. <laughs> um, but unlike that story, we actually have a foundation, which is Christ. And it's like, though the wolf which is the enemy, this is a really good analogy now, wants to, wants to get you, he still can't get you because you have your foundation in Christ, unlike those pigs. The pigs weren't saved yet. <laughs> the third pig was Jesus, <laughs> who overcame the wolf <laughs> and offered restoration for the other pigs. Um, remember that story. Every time, Kenneth, when you tell those, you're, uh, just tell the, the kids at Mush, let me tell you a story about the three little pigs. The two little pigs and Jesus. <laughs> Hold on. There's going to be some really loud gulps in this audio. People are going to be listening to me like, oh, this is really profound. <laughs> Sorry, guys, listening at home. Um, awesome. Um, I just want to... Let's see if God wants to go this. Has anyone thought the second half of this talk was better than the first half? Like, flowing-wise? Yeah. Yeah? yeah? Awesome. God told me halfway to turn off my phone and stop listening to my notes. Um, so, yeah. I'm real stoked I did that. I was like, really? And he's just like, yes. You know, reading just is not your strong point. Um, just letting him speak is far, far better. So that you all may know that what I'm speaking is not myself, and it's all him. I only did these notes for you, Nathan. <laughs> when you're like, hey, dude, can you just text me your notes? I was like, I have to write notes. Frick. And then I thought I could listen to them. Um, personal conviction. Um, dude, we're just going to jump into Proverbs. Jesus, do you want to do this? All right. I think it's yes. I could be wrong and I'll have to apologize later, but I'm doing this in truth and love, so I feel like I'll be okay in the end. Um, this is the most obscure passage of the night, and it's one that I find very deep and profound. Um, 30, verse 21 to 23. <clears throat> and like, this, is, this is just really touching on or building upon what I was just talking about of being like, I'm trying to have something else um, fix your life. Um, because this is the reason, this is like what happens when you're dishonest and just try to um, get something else to fix your life as opposed to dealing with what you're actually going through um, and, and dealing and sorting out the, the issues at the very start and not just building upon and trying to cover up junk in your life and just building around the junk. It's like clean it out, man, so we can actually start afresh. Um, this is also a really confusing passage when I first read it, but it's awesome. Um, verse 21, under three things, the earth trembles. Under four, it cannot bear up. A slave, when he becomes a king, a fool when he is filled with food, an unloved woman when she gets a husband, and a maidservant when she displaces her mistress. Profound. I know. Um, I will. Thank you. Under three things the earth trembles. Under four it cannot bear up. A slave when he becomes a king, and a fool when he is filled with food, an unloved woman when she gets a husband, and a maidservant when she displaces her mistress. Hands up. Who You're not going to say anything. You're not going to spoil it and say what it's all about, but put your hands up if you think you have a rough understanding of what possibly this could mean. Thank you, Jackson. We have two honest people in the room. <laughs> um, cool. 
If you get something different than me, please let me know. Cool, so let's break this down. There's four things the earth really just can't stand up against. Um, a slave when he becomes a king. Um, so I want you to read all of this, not with the mentality of like job description, but like mentality of this is like a condition of the heart. So this is like a metaphorical speaking. So I'm not talking about like, um, you know, we watch movies all the time, like Spartacus or Gladiator, where it's like slave turns hero kind of thing. Because in reality, though, he had the position of a slave. Um, Maximus, the guy from Gladiator, he didn't have the heart of a slave. He had the heart of a general. He had the heart of a leader, like of a warrior. Make sense? And so I'll break down what each kind of means, but I'm not talking about like, you know, to the one who works at McDonald's becoming a manager. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not the, um, the analogy. Unless I'm talking metaphorically about the spirit of McDonald's that lies on someone. <laughs> we'll deliver you later too, Ken. <laughs> um, cool. So a slave when he becomes a king. So a slave, the mentality of a slave is they are one who submits and not one who rules. A king is one who rules. He can't just submit. Man, if you, like, I definitely know Chris knows this, but anyone else who's done business or anything like that, man, like a CEO, he has to call the shots. If a CEO, just all he does is just listen to everything and every word and every whim that comes his way and just be like, oh yeah, maybe we'll just do, like the company crumbles because it takes a leader to run something. A leader has to rule. Someone who submits cannot rule. Make sense? So a slave becoming a king is a disastrous thing. Um, someone with a slave mindset, cr countries crumble. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jackson wants to. Um, part of the reason why many people love Donald Trump is because of the fact that he hasn't actually, he's been to them, I'm being very politically ambiguous here. Um, he's been a voice that says, you know what, I'm not compromising. This is what, like, or at least, you know, he's been a president, president. for what, two days? <laughs> oh dear. Um, it's like, this is what, you, like, I'm not submitting to these things. This is how the country's going to run. Yeah. And a lot of people have disagreed with it and a lot of people have agreed with it. Um, but it's like he, the mentality is, this is how it has to be done. If I just listen to every whim, like imagine if Trump just listened to every single um, news outlet that he, that said something about him. And he's sitting there and be like, I don't think people like me. <laughs> like, I just tried to, I, I got this job for people to like me. Like, I thought it'd be cool. I thought I'd get a bigger pay rise. I thought... But it's like, they're just, there's something up. Maybe it's just my attitude. Maybe if I try to be nicer and smile more, maybe that, like, that's not what a king can do. That's not what a leader can do. A leader has to make the firm, hard decision. And so a slave or someone who submits cannot be a king. Cool. Second one, a fool when he is filled with food. And this is really simply someone who, so someone who expects to receive something that he did not work for or did not earn. Um, it says in Timothy, it says, he who does not work does not eat or should not eat. Um, meaning, stop mooching off your parents <laughs> when you're 40 or even when you're 20. <laughs> like, it's this kind of thing where it's like, if you, don't, if you think that someone owes you something when they don't, that's a bad mentality to have. And it'll just be, you'll always look at people and be like, well, you kind of owe me something because I'm a good person. Because it, it bases off you. Like, because it's not like you're doing something for them to earn it. It's just like, I'm a good guy give me stuff, or I'm your yeah. son, give me something. Or it's just like, how many people have gone to Christmas being like, you get a present, you're like, really? Like, I thought you loved me. Like, oh. it's just kind of like, <laughs> never happened before, guys. <laughs> yeah, Tony does that all the time. Every time he doesn't open a camera, he's just like, guys, I thought you loved me. <laughs> I pay for this house above your head. Where's my camera? 
Um, no, that's <laughs> he gets a Superman T-shirt instead. <laughs> yeah, we do love him. We just show love in different ways. Um, but yeah, it's this kind of thing. Like for everyone who's expected a Christmas present, it's that kind of it's the same vibe. That someone just like you know what, I'm entitled to this to something that I did not deserve. That's a bad thing. An unloved woman when she gets a husband. Every Hollywood film ever. Um, apparently, that's a bad thing. And let me tell you why that's a bad thing. Because a husband does not need, like, should not marry an unloved woman. A husband needs a bride. And there's a key difference. Um, let me explain, Renee. Thank you for asking. Um, it's an unloved, like, an unloved woman who's about to marry a man who loves her will never be able to receive his love because she thinks she's unloved. And everything he does that's nice, you'll be like, well, you know what? Actually, it's because of some other reason. Or you're doing it for this and this and not because you love me. So what needs to happen is that woman needs to transition to know that she's loved and then she can become a bride. So I'm not saying, yeah. ladies, it's just like, you're never allowed to be married if you've ever thought this before. Uh-huh. But this is like a, there's a transition that needs to happen. In all of these stories, like, it's not like the fool must starve. It's the fool must learn that he needs to work for food and then get food. So there's a resolution, there's an outcome. A slave needs to stop submitting and act like a king before he can be a king. Um, and the last one, a maidservant when she displaces her mistress. Um, in Matthew, I think it says um, that a master is never, sorry, a, a servant is never greater than a master or a, a pupil is never greater than their teacher. And it's this kind of thing that what's the correct way for a maidservant or someone under someone to be? Um, like how you are to your boss, you're not trying to usurp your boss. You're not trying to usurp someone who you're there to actually take care of and to help and enable and to grow them and empower them. Um, so it's this mentality of actually like, I envy what you have and I want it. So I'm going to kind of weasel my way in and, and actually do stuff that's against what I'm supposed to be doing to try overthrowing you and take your place. Does that make sense? Um, and so this is all really tying into, man, like um, trying to, like trying to reach a goal that you're not ready for. And this is why honesty is so important because man, it's like all of us who wants to walk like Christ. <laughs> like how many people know this is a journey walking like Christ. It's not like I woke up one day, it's I'm Christ. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's this kind of thing that's like, you, yeah, we all can't be as good as you. <laughs> I'm glad. It's, it's, a pr- it's a process. You're walking day by day, step by step closer to Jesus. And how many people know that what you look like in 10 years is going to be different than how you look now. Yeah. Like, it's like, man, like if you follow Jesus day by day and take step and like you're seeking him every day, like imagine how much greater your relationship with God's going to be in 10 years. Um, how many people, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just looking at all these things, is this everything that Jesus did for us? Do go on, that was this. Diane, we'll get there in one sec. I don't know if this will relate exactly to your point, so feel free to tell me if I miss it. But awesome. Um, I'll keep that in mind and hopefully it won't confuse what I was going to say. Yeah, so 10 years... Who watched... um, Who knows Matthew McConaughey? The actor. Yeah, Yeah. great movie. Um, So he won an Academy Award last year, Amy? Two years ago? Three years ago? He won an Academy Award sometime. And so his Academy Award speech, um, he said, he goes, when I was 15 years old, I was asked, who is my hero? And so I went away and thought about it. And I came back and said, my hero is me in 10 years. And so in 10 years time, 
um, this same lady asked, oh, so are you your hero yet? And he goes, no, not at all. You see, my hero is me in 10 years time. And said every week, every month, every year, my hero is always 10 years ahead of me. And so I'm always seeking and pursuing something that's not here right now. And so I want to say that it's like, one, I want to take off the, the stress that you actually have to be everything right now. That there is, you know, if you're not everything this minute, you've failed as a Christian. Um, because you need, it's a growing thing, man. Like it's growing. It may take a, a single moment, man, for, for, think, for issues to, to break off you and, and be completely free of that. It may take you a year. Like it may take you to walk longer. It may, your life may look different than the person next to you. It's like, I love every one of you here. And there's so many of you whose lives are just like, just so inspirational, just like this, just so inspirational. Um, but I don't want to be you. Um, and it's very simple that because if I was like someone else, then who would be like me? Um, and who would actually reach the people that I'm capable of? Cause I'm like, I'd be a pretty poor Iggy. Um, like imagine me with long hair. <laughs> School days, <laughs> terrible times. <laughs> yeah, it'd be an afro. It wouldn't be like that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's walk on stilts like I'm Iggy. Um, shape terrible surfboards. Like that kind of like, because like, like, I would, because I can't shape surfboards. Not that year, surfboards are terrible. <laughs> My surfboards would be like, they'd have a bend in them, like, like a banana. You just kind of be surfing like that. Like, I'm like Iggy because I would just try to do what he's doing but not do it as well as him because I'm not Iggy, I'm me. And so it's like, if you use this analogy, um, I was actually going to get the facts for this, but I'm going to kind of just make a guess. Um, if I went into an, I had an orchard and I wanted to plant a whole bunch of trees and so I planted some apples, some orange, some all these different types. And so in about seven months, my orange trees sprouted up and bared fruit. And then so I, about, you know, I harvested them, awesome, it was amazing. In two years, my apple tree was ready to bear fruit and so on and so forth. The next tree was ready soon after the next tree. And I'm looking at the last tree and being like, is this ever going to bear fruit? And so I just go and I'm patient. And 50 years later, this Brazilian nut tree bears fruit. None of those trees were dead. None of those trees were ineffective. Those trees needed different times to actually produce fruit. Um, and so I'm not, so I'm not saying like, what am I saying? Um, man, like, we need to be patient with ourselves sometimes and seek God um, and not judge ourselves compared to the person next to us and what they're doing. Because like I see all people who are like, you know what, you're what, 10 minutes saved and you just, you seem so much more mature and doing things that I'm so scared of doing. And you're like, I must be a terrible person. <laughs> and I'm not saying that it's an excuse to look at yourself and be like, hey, one day I'll, I'll bear fruit. Don't judge me now and live a terrible life because one day it'll happen. What it is, is that let other people inspire you, but it's, you don't judge yourself based on where you feel you're at compared to someone else. Because you're growing, man. We're growing in God. We're growing in God at different times, different speeds, in different ways, through different trials. And that's the point of community that, you know, when I'm actually struggling with something, that I can be honest enough and go to someone who I know loves me and trusts and, and trust me, but also has the, the courage to be able to tell me that I'm wrong and not just butter my, me up and make me feel good about myself. Um, and tell them and actually exp dude this is what's going on this is actually pour my life out in a way that they can be like i hear you i'm listening you're an idiot like you're doing all of it wrong but in love like iggy you're honestly are great at this like i go away from conversation with you being like i was just rebuked like i didn't even know it and it's just because you're speaking life and you're speaking love and all of a sudden it just clicks like man i just wasn't thinking that at all 
Like I was just totally rebuked and had no idea about it. Um, and it's like, because you're doing it out of love and you're doing it, I'm sure there'll be more times. <laughs> One day I hope I have the honor to rebuke you. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I want to say that for everyone who feels like one of these people that you know that you like you aspire to be in a place that you're not ready for that it's actually harmful you to be there for the person who's struggling so much with identity and self and it's just all like really inwards and they're like man you know what worship leading would be a great idea like dude just it's not a you can't worship lead for three years like it kind of vibe but it's actually just like man just be humble and actually be honest and not think that worship leading I'm just using an example is the the next thing to get me better or closer to God. Like sometimes God calls us into weird things like go, go, just go to Africa for no reason. You're like, I'm really ill-prepared for this. But that's like, it's different than, than us trying to usher ourselves into a position that we think is going to benefit us without actually taking the process and the journey of being honest and uncovering what's inside and being open and bare with people and growing in Him to the point that, you know what, our heart's passion and goal may actually be to lead worship. And just because you're absolutely struggling now does not mean that you'll never get there. Um, it may take time, and, but it's, it still could be on God's heart for you to be like, hey, you're going to be an amazing worship leader one day, but it's not today. Seek me. Follow me. Like, man, like you will be an amazing preacher one day, but it's not today. Like, it's not, you're not standing in front of churches today. Like, not that you don't have the ability to speak in front of people or worship at home. Like, I think God told me this really clearly. He was like, if you can't speak to one person, you'll never speak to 10,000. If you can't worship alone with God in your room and enjoy it, you'll never be able to worship in front of people. Like, if you can't take all these things, like, as disciplines and just and enjoy them and be in God's presence, like, I just think about the Bible when I'm driving, when I'm in the shower. It's why I have long showers. I'm sorry. That's my secrets uncovered. <laughs> it's like, God's just telling me stuff and it's just like, it's awesome, and I'll, like, I've honestly thought of this talk a hundred different ways and for like three weeks because God keeps showing me new things and telling me to go this and this, and I'm growing it. And it's like, if I can't just enjoy learning now, it's like, how can I ever have the responsibility to speak to you guys? If I'm just like, man, it's just like, but there's no people here. No one's getting touched by this, not realizing that God's speaking it over me and it wasn't even for you. <laughs> like, how many times have you gotten words that were for you and you're like, I need to tell someone this was a good word. And you're like, no, that... That was for you. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, I need to rebuke someone quick. <laughs> and like, that one was for you. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, we complicate things. Like, we try to jump into positions that we're not careful of, that, that we're not ready for. We, like, you know, God told me something today. I have to speak it in front of worship night. I need to stop everyone and prophesy. When it's just like, it was about you. Like, God just wanted a time with you. And he didn't need everyone else here. He didn't need you to go share it. I'm not saying... Um, that it's wrong to share or stand up and, or impart wisdom to one another. Um, but it's like, just understand that some things are for you. Enjoy them. And if you can't enjoy God's company by himself, like, chances are you're not going to enjoy God's company with people for the purpose of God. Like, you may enjoy the people's company, but it's not going to be because you're there with God. Um, yeah. So if I had an encouragement, it would be get intimate with God real quick <laughs> and stay there forever. Um, but know that it's okay to be honest with God and it's okay to bring the same thing back to God. Uh, you haven't failed if you've thought the same thought twice. Um, you haven't failed if you've done the same thing twice. Man, if, if God put on your heart, go pray for that person and you were just too scared. Don't make up an excuse. Um, an excuse is just going to enable someone else to make up the same excuse and not learn from your mistakes. Um, if you don't have the courage to 
So for example, um, my confession of the evening, um, aside from taking long showers, um, <laughs> it's at Melbourne when we did outreach, we are like, yeah, just go run. I was just like, frick, I don't want to do this. I'm like, I was scared. And the first thing that came to head was make up a good excuse why, why you don't have to do this. And it's like, that's an awesome idea. And it was like, if I ever told anyone what my excuse was, that just enables them to be like, oh dude, like, I don't have to do what that means. There's a time that I don't have to do this. When maybe there is a time that you don't have to do this, but it's not because you're terrified and you're trying to just make up excuses about it. Man, it's like, what's more helpful for me to be like, I don't think it's God's will for us to go out today. Or guys, honestly, I'm really scared. Let's pray, let's do this, let's like, and man, like having people come and just, you know, let's do this anyway, despite being scared. Let's just try it. Let's just step out and knowing that, you know, it's okay to be scared or it's okay to, to be this. It's how you react in the situation that's going to make the difference. Um, and so whether it's the second time God calls you to lay hand, like go talk to someone and you're like, I'm too, still too scared. Dude, it's just like, it's okay that you failed there again because it's like God wants to grow you, wants to take you back and know that it's not like a, I don't ever have to pray for sick people then. It's just like God wants to grow you into a place where you can. And that's where you want it. You see it, especially in someone else's life. And you go, I want that God. I want it. I want that for me and grow into you get it. It's not like Iggy does it this way. Maybe I'll do it like that. It's man, grow into a place with God. Like, cause some people have graces for certain things that they can just, they do things and that no one else really can do. And you can do things that no one else can do, man. It's just like, I've seen such people with gifts of hospitality, just create a room where it's just like, it's just amazing. And they love to serve and bless people. It's like, that is such a good gift. And that's not something I have. <laughs> I'm the, I, I enjoy being the guy coming in and being blessed. <laughs> um, but it's like, man, it's like, so don't devalue a gift because it's not like a, I didn't read it in the seven spiritual gifts. Like, man, like we have so many things to offer people and we actually can like grow in all of them. And it's not to the exclusion of something else is a big one. Just because you are amazing at service, but hate talking to people doesn't mean you are exempt from talking to people. It just means you have to try harder than some other people, but you can still get it because it's in the word that we can be, that the righteous are as bold as lions. And if you don't feel like a lion right now, it's okay. Do it anyway. You are. <laughs> Man, because as soon as, as soon as the truth, as, sorry, as soon as our heart condemns us, no, that, that's greater than, that was, that was the Bible, by the way. Um, the Bible is better um, than, uh, or greater than what you're feeling and that you actually can do it. Um, Christianity is supposed to work, guys. Uh, for anyone who's felt like Christianity doesn't work, it's supposed to work. And maybe it's not because Christianity doesn't work. It's maybe because you just have a different perspective that is looking at this in a different way. And it's not seeing it how God made it to be. And maybe the struggle that you never, that you can't seem to ever kick, it's because you're looking at this book wrong. You're looking at it from the side. You're holding stuff in. You're being dishonest. You're putting on a facade of being like, man, if only I'm more spiritual, then I'll be a better. And then this thing will go away. That's not how it works. It says what is revealed in the light. Like, sorry, like once darkness, someone know the verse. It's like when light comes like that, darkness flees. Something like that. Yeah, light exposes darkness. Like, and darkness can't hide. And that's a really scary thing for a lot of people. Um, and so one, it's, it's about finding people that you actually trust and who can speak life into you. People that go, oh, you're struggling with this. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. And it's so like, that's not good. Like that's, that's unhelpful because now you're just two people, two blind people stuck in a, 
in a place. Like you need someone to actually come and help you. <laughs> like it's find someone who has been through what you've been through and go talk to them. <laughs> go talk to someone who actually loves Jesus and loves you, who can help you. It's really, and the people that you really don't want to talk to are usually the people that can help you because you know that they'll say something that's actually going to cause you to change. And you're like, I could just ask them who's struggling with it and they're kind of okay with what they're struggling with. And we can kind of be okay together and just feel good because we're both, like we both suck, if that makes sense. Like, it's just like the one quote that is awesome. It's just like misery loves company. And it's like, we can either be people who just flock to other people who are miserable or we can go to people who actually, you know what, who walk in truth and love because who's going to help? As a sick person, do you go to a doctor or another sick person? Mm. Like, <laughs> it's just like, dude, I got cancer, you too. Oh, we could go to the hospital. Nah, dude, it's okay. Let's just sit here and talk about our cancer. Like, like it's just like, you're not getting help. Like, that is stupid. <laughs> like, it's, Jesus heals cancer. I'm, I'm totally big on that. Get someone to pray for you. <laughs> like, go to church. <laughs> like, but it's this kind of thing that's like, if, if your car breaks down, you don't go find someone whose car also broke down. <laughs> You get someone who can fix it. Like, if you lost your license because you're going 140 on the way to a wedding, you don't find someone... <laughs> you don't... It was 138, guys. Um, you don't find someone else who's lost their license and stand around being like, man, I wish I could go somewhere. Find someone who can drive you. Get public transport. Stoop to the level where you actually catch a bus. Like, humble yourself and catch a bus. It's a good word. Um, yeah. Kanan, if you're listening, catch the bus. Um, does this make sense? I can keep going if you haven't got the analogy yet. Yeah. I also don't know what time I was supposed to wrap up. So we'll wrap up in like 30 minutes. Um, does anyone have any questions before I wrap up? Or comments, queries? Yeah. I didn't say anything too heretical. That's good. Yeah, so so. More 60 40. <laughs> Good numbers. Um, <clears throat> awesome. Um, if you saw so a bunch of things, like I, I, if there was a scale of like heavy on ministry and no ministry at all, I kind of lean towards the no ministry side because I honestly think that it's like get it from God. Mm. Like, dude, just get it from God. Mm. Except tonight. Because. Uh. <laughs> I think talking this whole thing about honesty, the biggest wow. lie we can fall into be like, dude, I'll just take it up with God. Sweet. See you guys. And not actually when God's giving you community to share with and you're like, nah, dude, I've got God. It's okay. And it's not because you actually have God. It's because you want an excuse not to tell someone like don't use God as an excuse not to be honest. All right. Um, and so like, honestly, um, if you really feel like you need to share something with someone like we're all family here. A lot of you, most of you know each other um, or you came with someone. And if you don't know anyone, go to Iggy. Um, <laughs> um, but seriously, like, man, if you need to get something off your chest, do it. Grab someone and be like, hey, man, I've just been living this. I've been thinking this. And it's not even like, a, oh, let's pray so it goes away instantly. Not saying that can't happen because that's awesome. But let's just find someone who's going to be accountable to you. Who's actually going to help you with it. Who's going to call you up and be like, dude, hey, how are you going? Because I actually care about how you're going. And it's not just like, oh, I'm your accountability buddy. Like, great. I might have to share something to you now. Like, it's like, 
yeah, like find someone who you can be accountable for that you can actually say things and maybe it's not everything to one person or maybe you have a few people. Like that's cool. Like there's no rules about it, but it's like, man, find someone who you can be honest with, whether that's tonight or go home and find someone, like make an effort for it. Don't just be like, I'll find one one day. What? Like God, if you want an accountability buddy, put one in my lap. Because he will, and then you'll ignore it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, but legitimately, if you don't have someone, honestly, just pray that God will give you people, and God should put someone's name in here in your mind. <laughs> because like every like when I look around, I see so many people who walk through incredibly hard things and still love Jesus and still walk through faith. Um, and even if you don't think that's you, it is you. Um, you just may not know it yet. And so find someone to be honest and open with. Find someone you can share your life with who's going to, you're both just going to, you know, iron sharpening iron. You're, you're pushing each other closer to God um, because that's the main goal. And honestly, it can be really awkward at times. Like, especially if you, you're not used to talking about things of God with someone. Like, dude, like, it was really awkward starting to talk about God with Kenneth. Like, back in the day. Like, six months ago. <laughs> like, even seriously, like, it's just the kind of thing like, oh, let's talk about going, like, oh, like, you know, we used to, you know, we normally talk about UFC or Pokemon or anime or something. Like, it's just like, we've got these topics that I'm comfortable with. And there's some that's like, we, I'm just not comfortable with. And it's really awkward to actually do it. But it's like, I know Kenneth loves me. Thanks, man. I'm going to take the assumption. <laughs> if it, some days. Um, like, I know he's, we've both got the same objective in mind. Jesus and walking like Jesus. I know that, you know what? Like, we're close to each other. That Actually, we can, we can do it. We can build each other up and grow. And so push packed being awkward and actually go for it. That's the same with everyone. Like, honestly, if it's, even if it's your parents, like do it. Um, here's a story to make some of you uncomfortable. Um, Chris Vallison, pastor of Bethel, um, his son, he, when like his wife left him one day and, and he um, fell into porn and he became just like, he got addicted to it and he was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go tell my dad. And so he went and told Chris and they're like, and they, he would be accountable to him and they shared with one another and they um, actually were like, how are you going this and, and kept each other accountable. And man, like it was, it still kept going. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to take this to the family. I'm going to make this a family affair. So he told everyone, four brothers and sisters, mother, everyone. He's like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with because it wasn't about a shame of sin. It was about actually, you know, all, if we believe all sins equal, then it's like, if you lied to someone, you can confess that comfortably, then you can, should be able to confess anything. Because it's not about someone judging you. It's about coming alongside you and helping you. Um, because he said these things. He says, if anything, I may not be strong enough on my own to overcome all the issues in my life. But I know that nothing is more, nothing is going to, is stronger than me and my family. And it's like, whether you don't actually have a physical family or not. It's like, you have family here. You have brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers all in here. Like, you don't have an excuse not to have people pouring into you and, and people keeping you accountable and holding you to things. Um, because it's like, we, we just struggle with things because we don't bring them into the light. Just bring it into the light. That's my encouragement. Um, and don't seek something. Like if you, in Proverbs, there can be a happy ending for every person. Because you are one way now does not mean you can, like man, like especially for some reason, like man, it's like if you are, if you feel like the unloved girl, the unloved woman, you can still be the bride that you were made to be. Um, that is so like the father's hearts for restoration and transformation. So I don't know if this is what you're touching on Aiden, but it's like the slave. We were all slaves to sin. And what did we become? Children of God. 
there's a transformation. So don't live like a slave, live like a son so you can rule and the earth doesn't groan. The earth actually desires you to be there. Man, for the fool, give up, realize, you know what? I'm not living for myself. I died to self and now became alive for others. So when Paul was even preaching, he would work so that he would pay for his own food so that he wasn't a burden on people. So that we'd actually care for others and other people's things and possessions more than ourselves. Man, and then the unloved woman that God actually died to prove love to us and show us what real love was so that we, we may walk in it and that, we're me, sorry, that we may become his bride to the church. And that for the maidservant who wants to displace her master, that we actually want, weren't called for a life of, of pride and being about us once again. It's actually a life of humility and serving one another, not the other way around. We didn't come to be served, we came to serve. That's what Jesus was here for. <clears throat> and I didn't plan that, so that's really awesome that I learned something today. Um, yeah. So, man, especially if you feel like one of those four people, like, Jesus is the answer. Like, David Hogan said some profound words. Seek God. Seek God. And seek God. And honestly, everything can be found in seeking God and be honest with one another. And we're in this together. This isn't a, a race where one person wins. This is a race where the body of Christ wins. So let's grab the other person that's being slow and actually carry them for a while until they can run. I can keep going. <laughs> the epilogue. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm just going to close in prayer. Awesome. I was really tempted just to go on a rant about Footprints, the poem, because I really just feel like it's not quite biblical. But anyway, that's a different, that's a talk for another day. Because there's a much better version of the poem that me and Justin wrote. <laughs> and it's much longer, but it's much better. <laughs> um, Jesus, we just thank you. Um, we thank you that despite how we are and how we were, that you actually died for transformation, Father, and that, um, that you promised, Father, in Thessalonians, that you would keep our spirit, soul, and body pure and blameless until the coming day where you actually come and take us. Um, and you promise that, that you who are faithful will see that through. Um, so we just thank you. I ask that you just relieve people of um, this kind of, this feeling that they need to do something. Uh, this, this thing that it's, that it's not, um, that you haven't given them any burden too heavy to carry, Father. And the things that they were not supposed to carry, that they wouldn't carry, that they actually let go, Father. Um, that the, the expectations that people put on their lives, that they, they have no expectations over their lives other than to walk in love. And that's only be given to them because you enabled it to happen. You've given us everything you need for life and godliness, everything we need, Father, for life and godliness so that we could walk in it, so that we actually could walk in it and you provided all the tools we needed. Um, so we just thank you, Father. I ask that you really just reveal the next step, Father, whether we're doing amazingly, Jesus, or terribly um, in our eyes, that you'd actually just just speak love and speak truth and give us the next step, Father, of walking closer to you, of just pursuing you, Father, that we would be uh, open and honest and humble with one another uh, and not just and not inward focused and, and self-focused and, and making excuses to try to be something, Father, because the one thing you don't care about, God, is reputation. Um, we only have one reputation and that's who you see us to be and that we would let no other uh, thing that we create step in, stand in front of that way, Father, that we wouldn't strive to be... Um, 
you know, to appear to be good fathers or good husbands or, or good friends, Father, that we would be good husbands and good fathers and good friends, but only because you've transformed us and that we could be open and honest with one another and, and reveal the, the areas that we are struggling um, not to bring more attention to ourselves, but that we could walk in righteousness and walk in truth because you have enabled us to do this, Jesus. Uh, we love you. Amen. 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 Peace out. Amen.